Today, our special guest here in hour number two, the former head coach of those Minnesota Vikings back in the day, and also had a great 11-year career as a player, as a tight end, Mike Tice in the house. What's up, coach? Not much, TC. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Man, it's good to see you, man. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's been a while. Cheesehead. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> see, I used to roll through Lambeau Field about my 12 years in Green Bay, and that those Mike would bring those Vikings. Vikings teams in there, and man, those were some battles, man. Yeah. And, and, and every once in a while, even though I would be in the Packer locker room in those post games, every once in a while, I'd peek, peek my head in there and say, oh, what's going on with those Vikings? What, what's, what's Mike saying? Is he letting them have it, or what's the deal? You know? Oh, I know. We won our share of games there. You did? Yeah, we won that playoff game when yeah. when uh, Randy Moon, the goalpost. I was going well, to ask you about that. Now, yeah, that, that was a good one. Now, 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 whose idea was that? You know, Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my idea to throw deep to him on single coverage either. That was our, that was our great coaching staff's idea. I, so, I, I still yeah. remember that view from the press box right there, and that'd yeah. be the end zone to our right, and then and seeing him oh, you yeah. know, fake pulling down the pants. Wasn't the, that great? Oh, yeah, that was great for you, I guess. Yeah, it was great for us, and the way home gave us something to talk about. Right, exactly. Yeah. How about those experiences uh, with, with at Lambeau Field and those battles with the Packers? Because anybody who's that's been on either side of those, they just know that the the rivalry there. But you know, I always said that the Packers Bears rivalry was a little bit different than Packers Vikings. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. It was just you know sometimes that the Packers Bears could get like really really nasty, but I think there was there was a mutual respect there with Packers and Vikings because they usually were the top two teams you know in the division especially during that time. But just talk about from your perspective what it was like you know playing the Packers. Well, TC, I, I you know you're gonna say oh yeah that's right. I I was on both sides. That's true because I coached and played for and coached uh, the Vikings for a long time. Yeah, you know over a decade. Uh, saw that Lambeau matchup, played in Lambeau Field, coached in Lambeau Field, won games in Lambeau Field, lost games in Lambeau Field, uh, had fight after a game in Lambeau yeah. Field on the field, and then I was with the Bears with Lovey Smith. Right. And then I, I think there's a little bit, and I think you you know, uh, being in Green Bay all those years, there's a little more uh, hatred in the rivalry between the Bears and the Packers. Exactly. There's a, a disdain yeah. for each other where there really isn't uh, with the Vikings and the Packers. At least there wasn't yep, in my tenure there that ended in 2005. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. And see, when the Packers played the Lions, they're like, ah, there's nothing. You know, because the Packers just dominated the Lions. It was really funny when you would have those NFC Central slash North matchups. It was, it was just a whole demeanor, like Packers-Bears week, Packer-Vikings week, and Packer-Lions was like, ah, we feel sorry for these guys. Well, you know, though, I, didn't, I didn't do too much. I was 500 as a head coach, but one thing I did do, as I never lost to the Lions. Home or away. Uh, right? <laughs> and I won a playoff game in, in Lambeau. So if I don't go, you know, go uh, retire from coaching with anything but that, then that's pretty good, I think. All right. So uh, tell us what you've been doing. I know you've been in Vegas for quite some time now. Yeah, we've been in Vegas over a year. Uh, my son lives here. He does a very uh, uh, successful podcast on The Athletic called The NFL Football Show. He does it with his co-host out of Chicago, Robert Mays. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife's from here. He lives in town. He, we have a grandson. So we moved here last May. Uh, we also split time in St. Louis where my daughter lives and we have a granddaughter. So we're back and forth, uh, you know, two or three weeks at a time. Uh, getting ready to put a long stint in here in November. 
you know, the heart of football season. Right. We enjoy it. Weather's great now. Right. It's not too hot. So it took a little getting used to, mm-hmm. as you know. Uh, we live down in the Southern Highlands area. Yeah. Uh, we like it down there. My son lives up in the Durango area, so we're real close. So, you know, we get mm-hmm. to see each other often. Um, I have a very, very successful charity golf tournament, celebrity golf tournament in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, we're going on our fourth year. Uh, we just wrote checks. My wife, Diane, we don't have any paid staff, so we kind of do it as a family. Yeah. Uh, we just gave out over $160,000 to charity. We're pretty excited about that. Excellent. We had over 30 celebrities, great names. Rod Gardenhire, former you know, Jack yep. Sigma. Yep. Uh, we had Rob Ryan here from the Raiders. Uh, I love this guy, and he's in a bad way right now, but we had Bobby Johnson, the old line coach from the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> We have my good friend Bill Musgrave from the Cleveland, yeah. you know, Cleveland yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Brownies, and so we had a great we had a great crew, and uh, we raised a lot of money, had a lot of fun. We're going on That's our great. fifth year, uh, and so we're uh, we're pleased where we're at. And uh, I've been goofing around um, the last couple of years helping the NFL Alumni Academy out. It first started in Canton, Ohio, then moved to Dallas, and they train players to get into the hopefully back in the NFL small percentage do mm-hmm. but to get back in the uh, it will get in a chance in the spring leagues okay. the usfl or yep. the xfl yep <clears throat> that is not going to happen this year so i don't have to travel to dallas right uh so um, that's kind of what i've been doing i'm working on a project with rod woodson yep who lives here locally in mm-hmm. vegas as you probably already know and uh scott lanahan who was my yep. offense coordinator right. also a head coach in the league with the rams right. uh and just you know finished up with dallas uh, and we're looking at training some athletes up to the combine here okay. in here in town. Good. So we're working on that right now. I don't know if it's going to come to fruition in 2024. Uh, you know, still a lot of groundwork to do, but uh, just trying to stay busy. You know, yeah. chasing grandkids around, trying to stay busy, <laughs> and it's not playing any more parlays. <laughs> if I play one, it's a teaser. I learned my lesson in the first season of teaser and, pleaser. Uh, my guy Mike, say uh, teaser uh, pleaser Tyson. Hey, I just I hey, listen. I'd rather have a, a short price than a long face. Thank I you can very much. That right now. As I always tell this guy over here, right? Manipulate the mo- line as much as you can, man. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what we. I thought do. I had a coup last night getting the getting. The, I almost said Redskins getting the I Commanders know. at even. Right. Yeah, that was yeah. a joke, though. Yeah. <laughs> we both. There it is. And everyone on TV, on every show, right? Yeah. Everyone picked the Washington Commanders. I and had the bear. Did. No, I oh, had the bears. Had the bears. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had the bears last night. Yeah, yeah. Shit, I wish we'd have done this show yesterday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys do have something in common. You're both chasing around grandkids. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Right. Are you yeah. Grandpa or Papa? I'm Papa. I'm Papa too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to be Papa. P O P P O P. Except my doggone granddaughter won't say it <laughs> she says every name you know she even calls a dog by name but she won't call me papa uh, <laughs> how much do you miss coaching man you know i miss being around the kids yeah. uh the certain kids and really the old linemen uh you know they're great to work with they're they're the most humble group uh in the building they're the hardest working group in the building they're the stay late guys the come early guys the you know, the film study guys, and I, I miss being around them. I still talk to a bunch of uh, uh, coaches in the league that I've worked with, mostly that were younger because the older ones are retired like me. Um, and, you know, I get a chance to talk to almost a dozen coaches a week, see how they're doing, 
maybe occasionally on a Monday give out some therapy. And, uh, you know, after a bad loss or something like that or or 11-sack game. And uh, I enjoy that. That keeps me involved a little bit. I I watch as much football as I can and college. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I really enjoy watching college. I was going to ask you about that. Did you you ever consider going to the college ranks and being a coach? No, my my brother-in-law coaches for Kansas. That's why I I overheard you talking about the Kansas-UCF game and and the move in the line. And uh, I went to two of the last three games. I went to the uh, uh, UNR game, and I, we drove up for that. And I went to the uh, uh, game last week at home and uh, against a good Boise State team. And uh, last week, uh, the coaches said, hey, you're 2-0. You're Come to Texas. And I was like, no, nah, I don't think I'll go to Texas. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go to Texas. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the quarterback didn't play. He had the back spasms again. Right. And that's a, he's really, you know, a different player yeah. than the backup that played yeah. last week. So that really hurt him. And then when they went for it on fourth and down, mm-hmm. fourth and one, yeah. and they didn't make it, that's kind of sucked the wind out of their sails. But. So, so the head coach, you know, he's got some Wisconsin ties, you know. He, he certainly yep, does. He yep. won a lot of titles there in Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we've yeah. become good friends. I went yeah. in spring ball and spoke yeah. to the team. Yeah. Uh, and I went to spring practice. Uh, I went to fall practice. And I uh, went to two games. So I guess I'm a, I got a new shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but how about my Terrapins? They got a big game this week, I too. I was going to say that. And so we're going to get to that uh, best bets. I'm going to have an yeah. opinion on that game, man. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think of of Junior Tua as a quarterback? You know, he's bigger yeah. uh, than his brother. I, I think they made a great move in bringing in one of my friends, uh, Kevin Sumlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think his official title is tight ends, but I know he's heavily involved in the in the pass passing yeah. game. He's a very, very good passing game guy. I had the pleasure of working with him the last two years in the Hula Bowl in January. Those are the kind of things I do to stay busy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Coach the Hula Bowl with Billick and, and yeah. Mike Smith and and my brother John, who played in the league and coached in the league. Right. Uh, he got to coach tight ends last year. So it's a good uh, reunion, if yeah. you will. And Kevin's been there the last couple of years. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, able to realize, you know, what an offensive passion a guru guy. I didn't realize it was him. Uh, on his teams that he was coaching as a head coach with all those good passing games. I didn't realize it was him. And uh, so he's at my alma mater. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good for us. Yeah, see, that's good for the Terps. Yeah. There you go. All right. And it's good. Yeah. I felt like he got kind of the short end of the stick at A&M, like a lot of the previous A&M. One of my buddies is you went against Mike Sherman. I love Mike. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and I really yeah. felt bad for Mike because I thought he was doing so well at A&M. Yeah. Really felt bad for him. With yeah. That. Yeah. Mike's a good man, too. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed really... competing against Mike and talking with Mike. So, yeah. another. There's a lot of good people in sports. Sports, See how but, strange that is? A Vikings coach had some love for a Packers ex-coach? I mean, that, that sounds crazy. But see, that's how that Midwest is. See how it works. Yeah. I see you sport your Notre Dame garb. I am. I am. Big win I, over Duke last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm banking on the Irish show this week, too. So oh, there you that's, go. That's uh, and just so you know, I was telling Marco earlier, you know, I'm a... Uh, uh, I'm a big Astros guy just because Dusty Baker is one of my closest friends. But I got my Twins hat in the car today. And I now I, I brought that to... To, just because you were coming today too, because I know you're a Twins fan. I am a Twins fan, but here's the thing: I'm a I'm I'm a grew up a diehard Yankee fan. Oh. Moved to Seattle and watched them with uh, Lou Pinella mm-hmm. win the division. Was playing for the Seahawks at the time, <coughs> and uh, actually I wasn't playing for Seahawks time. I was home at the time, and uh, anyway I became a Mariners fan. I actually had Mariners season tickets, 
And I hate Houston. I hate Houston. Yeah. But the Mariners are my team. And then we transitioned because my daughter and son graduated from Edina High School in Minnesota. Uh, my son's a Mariner fan. My daughter's a diehard Twins fan. And we just left her yesterday in St. Louis. And, of course, she was already had her twin stuff on. But we transitioned over to the Twins. Okay. For the, for the rest of the yeah. for the rest of the playoffs. And I don't like Houston. Yeah. I, I understand that. I, I, I wasn't crazy about Houston in, in, until, until, uh, until, until, until Dusty took over. Then I got, oh, that's I got your su- guy, right? I got to support him. Yeah, you, that's I, it. I, I do the same thing. No matter thing. where. You know how I that mean, is. I never thought I'd root for the Ravens till Todd Monk. There you came go. Off as a quest. So right. that's, you know, people say, who do you root for? I said, yeah. well, I grew up a giant. There you fan. Go. Right. I will always root for the Vikings. Got to support your But friends, I also right? root for the Giants, the Jets, right. the Browns, right. <laughs> the Jaguars. I got three coaches on the Jaguars. Right. right. You know, so it's like right. every week it's like good luck. To say. And then when they're both playing each other, I go silent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they'll say, "Hey, you didn't uh, dap me up before the game." I said, "Well, you you were playing Todd." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think your chances were that good. <laughs> oh shoot, that's great stuff, man. All right, let's talk about those Vikings, man. Uh, obviously, they've been struggling. So far this year, what do you see when you look at this team? Well, I, I talk, I, I text back and forth with uh, uh, Kevin each week, and you know it's pretty obvious where their problems lie. A quarterback's actually playing decent football, mm-hmm. but it's their turnover. It's their turnover ratio. You know, their turnover margin is awful. They're minus eight in the turnover. They're one and three, and until they get that together, you're not going to really see uh, how good they can be. Now, I'm thinking. Uh, defensively, they need to shore some things up. Uh, but as far as the offense is c- concerned, you can't turn the ball over uh, and have that minus eight ratio and think you're not going to have a winning record with a minus eight ratio unless right. you're a freaky offensive team that comes back the next drive after turnover and scores a touchdown, which happens with the Chiefs because the yeah. Chiefs are, mm-hmm. I think, minus three and they're still right. Well, they're still trying to find their way to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But you look at Minnesota from last year, they were on the right side of every bounce of the ball, every close game. A lot of one-score wins. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And as a handicapper, when we see a team like that the year before, you automatically think you got to come back, you know, regression to the mean, and you look for it to come back. Did I expect Minnesota to be 1-3 heading into week five? No. But, you know, again, they could have won the, the Charger game. That was. But they did cover last week at minus four and a half, so that was good. <laughs> I was on Carolina. I didn't like the, the scoop and score. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think if they can get their uh, turnover deal together, um, you know, I like the move at running back uh, because uh, Madison uh, was, is, not, is not, you know, he's not a, a guy. You know, I mean, he's a good player, yeah. but he's not. Uh, is that uh, the bell cow? No, man, yeah. he's not. And yeah. so, the, you know, what did they get? Eckler, is that who they got? No, they got. Uh, 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 who'd they pick up? The, um, yeah, why yeah. Am I drawing a, why am I drawing a See, that's your job. You should yeah, know that. Yeah, I, should, I, I did. <laughs> no, but, but they, you know, they had to get something going because I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not feeling the running game right now. It's, in fact, it's pretty poor. I, th- I thought the quarterback was off besides the turnovers was off to an excellent start this year, better than any year that he's been there. First three games, 325 or plus, uh, you're throwing the football. I mean, yeah. you, you can't play. I mean, Kirk gets a lot of heat, you, you know, oh, because know. it's the quarterback position. Yeah, but and he's goofy. One thing I'll ask you, and, you know, when we talk about injuries in the NFL, I think the most 
looked over injury as far as the public. If there's a quarterback out, obviously everybody goes nuts. Running back, wide receiver, the big, the high profile. But I think the more important injuries are the offensive line. I always say, if you got a banged up offensive line, it's like drive. It's trying to drive a car with a flat tire. It just doesn't work. But hey. people don't emphasize. You're only as good as your own line, hey, right, man? You, you're the not, quarterback's you, only hey, as good you, as your own line. You're not telling me anything that I haven't <laughs> been preaching since I got into coaching in 1996. And as an offensive line guy, the things that I talk about all the time is having that depth at center. Mm-hmm. You know, carrying three centers. Uh, you know, making sure you have a tackle that can play on both sides as your backup. Look at the Giants. I mean, we're all picking on the Giants. Bobby Johnson, dear friend of mine, Brian Cox, dear friend of mine, both coaches are, are and they're statistically horrible. They're giving up uh, first or second most sacks in the league. I think they're giving up the second most sacks in the league, and they only have like four or five sacks on defense. And horrible. And you, and that's why the quarterback looks horrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just uh, offensive line play when you're banged up like that, uh, it's going to be hard to move the ball with any consistency. You know, you might make some big plays, but you're not going to run the ball with any consistency, which is tough. I mean, uh, yeah, offensive line play, and and of course, uh, you know, the secondary. Uh, at the corner position, if you have a bunch of injuries, you're in big trouble. If your nickel gets hurt, you're screwed. So, but injuries are part of the game, man. Yeah. And I tweeted out a couple, xed out a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I think some of these early injuries, especially the soft tissue injuries, <clears throat> I'm surprised by how many Achilles injuries I've seen so far in the league, is a product of not doing anything in training camp. Now, I'm not a doctor. I haven't done any study, studies. I haven't done any research. But I did spend 35 years in the league. <laughs> and I see the transition now to the softies and the non-contact training camps. You know, it's like training a racehorse. You're a horse yeah. guy. If you don't have a good bottom under that horse and you don't have a good foundation, that horse is going to get hurt. Yeah. And uh, I see that happening now in the NFL. Also, you look at Chicago. Their best... Uh, a performance offensively last night. Good for them, right? Yeah. You know, because they have great, great fans. They deserve, you know, a victory. You know, lost 14 in a row, whatever the hell it was. But, you know, the co- the head coach said that last week after the loss, hey, we're close. Mm-hmm. We're close. And the only ones that believe it, believed him were the guys in that room because they saw the same thing, especially when they watched the film. And guess what? They were close. And there's a lot of teams out there right now or just uh, doing like my 2008 you know, expedition coming back from uh, Reno, sputtering up the hill. There's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of offenses out there right now that are sputtering a little bit because they don't have that time at full speed getting that timing down, that rhythm down, and seeing exactly what some of these rookie receivers, some of these rookie tight ends, some of these rookie offensive linemen can actually do under fire. You know, so the other thing, yards after catch now is big thing. There's tackling is horrible, and that goes back, I think, to preseason as well. You don't, you don't have the contact. You're not doing. Everybody's doing the throw their body is to tackle instead of the old, you know, wrap them up. And again, you don't practice. How many times now teams don't practice in pads? Well, you can only tackle so many dummies, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what they're tackling. But, you know, you see that start with, you know, now that I'm following Kansas and following Maryland a little closer than I have in the last few years having Kevin there, is, you know, you don't see that technique, that good technique in college. So it starts there. I got a friend that coaches. In fact, it's Todd Monk and the offensive coordinator from Ravens' brother. Tony coaches high school football in, in Chicago. He texted me last night said, hey, I was thinking about you. I was talking to some guys about our team. We have the worst, and this guy's won championships in Chicago, the worst technique <laughs> group of young players I've ever had in my life, and it's a product of the Little League right. teaching. Right. And he said they have no, no idea of technique or anything. So he's basically starting from scratch. But I think that's a problem everywhere. I mean, you know, you have these fast offenses. Uh, guys, guys are getting lined up late. They're getting poor drop angles in coverage, poor drop angles on the run. Uh, and it's just a different game now. Like we talked about, you know, receivers in space. That's, that's what the NFL's transi- transition to. Get that receiver, the ball in space, and let him go do his thing. You know, it's nothing, it's no different than running the old, uh, uh, Lombardi, you know, sweet, ta- sweet, sweet. Yeah. but now you're doing it, yeah. you're throwing it out there. Yeah. He, he's already out there, right? Yeah, you're yeah. throwing it out there to him. So, but games, the game has changed. Yeah. Cam Akers, by the way, there's your running back. Cam Akers. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, took yeah, a while. Took a while he, to get yeah he was yeah. pissed off at his contract, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, he wanted out of it. <laughs> well, hopefully, I like him. I think he's a good player. Yeah. So, we've got another, I don't know how you feel about this and as a coach or player, but uh, these games overseas. And the Jacksonville Jaguars played two weeks in a row now. They're playing again here in the West Coast, 6.30 in the morning, and the Buffalo Bills now are, are making that trip there. Uh, I'm not a fan of the whole 6.30 in the morning thing, you know, watching <laughs> games in, in England or in all this other kind of stuff. How, how do teams and how do coaches feel about this? Because it just seems like, okay, this is a thing, obviously, it's, it's revenue generated, especially for these organizations have to give up home games to go play now. And the end of the NFL, you know, we, it would always be Jacksonville, it would be Tennessee, these teams, you know, that couldn't, you know, sell out games. And now the NFL is saying, now nah, everyone's going to have to go over there and give up a home date. From your perspective, do you like it or not like it? Well, first off, let me say that I don't like it. First of all, and I've done a lot of them. Yeah. I've done, I played in Germany when I was with the Vikings. Uh, I've coached in Mexico three times. I've coached in London three times, I think. Uh, it's harder on the coaches because you don't have your meeting rooms. You don't have your regular stuff. Uh, you don't even have your regular pads and dummies on the practice field. So you can almost, I remember making up drills for practice the whole week. Uh, and if you don't bring your wife over, you're away from your wife for a week. And if you have kids, you're away from your kids for a week. So it's tough. But, you know, that's part of the deal. Uh, you know, the NFL, obviously, you know, look at streaming. Look at YouTube TV. Look at, uh, you know, where you can get the Red Zone channel now. The, Reds, the NFL is always looking for the next buck. And the next buck is, is going to be putting a franchise in overseas. And if People can't figure out that's why they're doing it. I'm not in any meetings, but I've been. I was in the NFL for 35 years as an employee. They they want to put a team over. They've wanted to put a team over there for a long time. You know, they gave Mexico a try. I don't think that's going to work. But uh, but Mike, how feasible is that? I mean, you're talking about maybe one or two teams over there with that time of travel, playing week to week. How does that even work? I don't know. I I, I don't know how I don't know how that would work. I mean, you're looking at it. A little example of uh, 
uh, of Jacksonville being there is that the I don't and I don't know is that the first time an NFL team has stayed there and played there two weeks time. in a row? Yeah, never heard. So of that. you know, Shaw, Sean or Shaw, what, what the new owner of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, of the Jaguars, or at least new since I've been there. Uh, you know, he he's a big soccer guy. So, you know, if anyone's going to put a team over there, I could see it be them. They can't, fit, you know, sell out um, in Jacksonville. You know, I worked there four years. A great town, but not a big league town, you know, and uh, is what it is. Sorry, Jacksonville. Uh, but uh, it'll be hard. I mean, I don't know how they do it. I mean, they can't obviously play a home game and then go play a away game. They're going to have to play in bunches. Yeah. You know, they're going to have to play like three home games in a row. And, and I'm not a schedule guru either, so don't beat me up on a schedule. But I have to play three home games in a row and then three away games in the States or right. something like that. You know? So who has the advantage in this game, Jacksonville and Buffalo? Oh, Jacksonville absolutely has advantage because they've been there. They're acclimated to everything, the surroundings and playing twice. And then for Buffalo, you know, situational-wise, that was their game of the year last week. I mean, we talked about it. We don't want to say there's such a thing as a must-win game in week four, but it was for them because they were going to be two games behind, three in reality because of the tiebreaker. So, you know, ask you, Mike, you know, you were an NFL player. When you come off a game like Buffalo had last week where that was huge for the division for them, they had to have that game, and they delivered. How do they get up with that same intensity this week for a non-division game? Well, the first answer is that they have a veteran football team. They have an excellent head coach. They have a great quarterback. Offensive line solid. You know, uh, I think Jacksonville's in trouble myself because one of the stats that I look at is red zone scoring touchdowns, and Jacksonville's only scoring at 44% in the red zone. Right. That You can't beat Buffalo kicking field goals. No. You know, and, and – my son's a big, huge uh, quarterback, Jaguar quarterback fan. Loves him to death. Loved him coming out of the draft. Loves him now. But he hasn't shown me that he's in, at that next level yet. Certainly started not. to see that last year with Peterson taking over, in which but he, he is a quarterback guru. Yeah. But we've, we're through the first quarter of the season. <laughs> well, you can't call it quarters anymore with the extra game. <laughs> but uh, the first quarter of the season, how we look at it in the yeah. NFL, and I didn't see any improvement from last year, really. You know, all the overthrows in the red zone yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And uh, But he, he does use his legs nicely. But I, I think the Bills are an elite team, you know. And I don't think the Jaguars are a bad team. But I, I haven't seen enough juice from the Jaguars to have them scare me against the Bills the way the Bills are playing right now. The Bills are definitely the better team, but it is that travel situation. If you go back and look at recent history with the Bills, you know, coming off games like that or having to travel to these type of games, they really have not succeeded well. And, and again, this is uncharted territory for anybody. How does Jacksonville feel? You, you say they're acclimated, Marco, but then again, they, they've been away for two-plus weeks, you know, away from family and, and over there. I'm sure those players and coaches are dying to get home, and we've got to play another game here. I don't know. It just seems like it's, it's hard. It's a hard game for me to handicap. Yeah, you know, and, and as the season progresses, it's a lot easier to – you know, pick some of these underdogs because as the as later in the season you get, 
the teams that need the game the most to either keep their playoff hopes alive or get in the playoffs tend to be the teams that go against the spread and win the games. And, for you know, that's just human nature, the human nature part of football uh, that I've been through for, you know, 30-plus years. But uh, I don't know. I don't think the Jaguars can keep up with the Bills this week. So I'm not saying it's one of my picks. Right. <laughs> He is Mike Tice, the head coach, and, of course, longtime vet in the NFL as a player.